0: welcome to the holy authentic life podcast my name is bruce
1: and i'm tammy and we're so glad to get to hang out with
0: you today yes we are we are super excited because we are here to share with you about the hope we have for a vibrant and sustainable life in christ
1: man this is gonna be good let's do this thing Morning, Fred. Good morning. Some people are like, did he just say Fred? I I thought her name was Tammy. What is happening?
0: Yes. Well, (laughs) you know, I guess back when we were dating, I started calling you Fred.
1: I I don't even know where that came from.
0: I think it was partly Smokey and the Bandit, and don't get offended by the fact that Fred was a dog.
1: Oh, wow. But...
0: I think that was part of it. I mean,
1: he was a cute basset hound, so I guess there's that. But
0: But I think really (laughs) it was more of I was over the whole idea of sweetie, Um, snookums, pookie, all of the things that people call each other. And so my term of endearment for you is Fred.
1: Fred. Which is kind of nice, because in the middle of a crowded store, I hear, Hey, Fred! and I know, that's my name. It's funny, that's my name. <laughs> it is. It is.
0: Well, I am thrilled yeah. for what we are here to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I just want to start by saying I feel like over the last several Months, maybe a couple of years of my life, I am becoming a very well-adjusted human being in the process of getting older.
1: Oh, wow. The aging process.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like I have welcomed a lot of this process of getting older. You know, I hold on to those scripture verses that talk about gray hair and wisdom and... Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Even when my hair decided it wanted to leave (laughs) and go elsewhere... (laughs) I feel like I found the positives in that, just to say, I can wear a hat anytime I want to. Yeah. When it's wintertime and I need a beanie hat or a toque for all Canadians listening... I felt like this is awesome. I can wear these on off no
1: hair don't care. No maintenance <laughs> at all. It it works for
0: me. Yep. And even the little aches and pains and things that go along with getting older, we incorporate our exercise and we drink lots more water nowadays and that helps. It does. It helps make all of it work. Now, of course, drinking a lot more water also comes with Ooh. the fact that we go to the restroom a lot more nowadays.
1: <laughs> but who's counting the trips? I mean, honestly, it's okay.
0: I, I'm not. I just know long road trips don't go as quickly as Ooh. they used to.
1: But I'm happy about that because <laughs> I'm always the one in the family that's like, mom's got to stop to go to the bathroom. Oh, like. I
0: know. I tell you, it's, it's crazy <laughs> running around town. I can't walk into a Walmart or Sam's without going to the bathroom first.
1: Well, that's a actually a smart strategy. That's the way I roll. I've been doing that for years, especially during the pregnancies. Are you kidding? <laughs> to right. all the pregnant ladies out there, I get you. I get it.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, all of these things about getting older, yeah, I have handled really well.
1: Yeah, you have actually, didn't, kind of gracefully.
0: But there's one thing that's just driving me crazy. What would that be? I can't read stuff <laughs> anymore. Oh my God. Who came up with the idea of putting small print instructions on everything?
1: Everything.
0: I have reading glasses now.
1: Yes. They're very handsome reading glasses. Well, handsome they
0: may be. convenient they are not. I. Right. It's not so bad when I get up in the morning and I'm doing my Bible time and all of that. I have everything I need right there. But reading glasses are such that you can't wear them all the time. No. In fact, when you look up, you better take them off or it's else your me. eyes are just going to go wonky. <laughs> it's me and
1: doing. then you're
0: messed up for the day, right? Yeah. yeah. So you take your reading glasses off I'm glad at Sam's. They sell them in like boxes of four. Yeah. Because I have a pair of reading glasses in a case sitting by my Bible. I have another pair in a case in my backpack. Multiple stashes. Oh, the most frustrating part is when you need them the most, they are not with you.
1: Uh, and you can't see.
0: And you can't see. And I can't read. I bought a large print Bible. It's not enough. I have <laughs> to have my reading glasses. This really frustrates me. Yeah. It was an unexpected frustration to get to this point in life. I've had great vision my whole life.
1: Been blessed with that. Yeah.
0: All and- of the sudden, now I have this problem. So yeah. what do I do when I don't have my reading glasses? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my phone becomes a magnifying glass.
1: It is so brilliant. I love that
0: technique. Uh, I didn't invent it. People listening to us are like, yeah, I totally do that. I take a picture yeah. of those small print instructions. <laughs> instructions and then blow them up as big as I can possibly blow them up so that I can actually read them. That's
1: so smart.
0: Hey, whatever works, right? Bottom line is when we're dealing with things like this, we yeah. adjust, we adapt, we do whatever works because it makes life better. Right. Would you be willing to do the same thing for your mental health and peace of mind?
1: Oh, explain what do you mean
0: it's all about having the right perspective okay reading glasses for the soul mm. reading glasses i need to give me the right perspective to be able to read everything it blows it up it makes it where i can see clearly
1: oh i love that
0: would you be willing to have reading glasses for your soul
1: man I would. I mean, I think that's important. And I love the analogy. I love that comparison between the aging, like figuring things out and being able to see clearly and then kind of putting that onto mental health and on our ability in the soul to take a closer, deeper look at what are those things that are going on and mm-hmm. I like the way you said that. Would I be willing? Yeah, there is an almost, um, yes, I need it. You know what I mean? It's this crisis moment where you're like, okay, just like with your reading glasses, I can pretend I can read this and I can sort of fake it, but honestly, it's not working. Right. You see where I'm going with that? And, I do. And so realizing that I need these glasses in order to actually see, well, maybe there are things that we need in order to see more clearly in these areas of our life as well.
0: Yes. And as I was reading through Philippians recently, I realized that Paul gave us some reading glasses for our soul, ways to find peace yeah. and have good mental health. As we walk through life, it's not lost on me that a lot of people believe that one of the things that Paul struggled with was his eyesight. He refers to that in one of his letters. Paul maybe dealt with some of these eyesight issues. And yet, as he writes his letters to the churches, they become these reading glass lenses for them to see the world clearly, do the things that need to be done and interpret what they're seeing rightly. Yeah. And then be able to do things the way they need to be done.
1: Wow. Because without that clear vision, Mm -hmm. we might be operating in a faulty narrative or seeing things differently than actually they really are.
0: Yeah. This is something you're seeing all the time as you're having conversations with people.
1: Right. I am. And this is so good. I really like the metaphor. I like the analogy, though, because there are a lot of problems that people come to counseling for. We call those the presenting problems. Problems. And a lot of the things that I'm seeing would be like unresolved emotional stress mm-hmm. or distorted thinking patterns where people are believing the wrong things and living mm-hmm. out of that.
0: Not seeing the truth clearly.
1: Not seeing the truth clearly. I also see disconnection from others that people have, for whatever reason, withdrawn. And so they're isolated, they're alone, mm-hmm. and they're trying to solve their own things kind of through their own strength and they're yes. not opening up to others who could help. A lot a lot of negative coping. They might even be turning to things for relief, Mm -hmm. but those things can become addictions. And so those issues. And then the last thing that I wanted to bring up is just some negative input or negative influences that they're opening up to and those things are coming in. And so those are some of the things that I'm working with in counseling others right now.
0: That's such a good picture of where we are. Yeah. And I think to some degree, whether a person is at the point of going to a counselor to work through these issues. Or you've just been sitting at home trying to figure life out. And the more you look at it, the blurrier and blurrier it (laughs) is. The vision
1: just gets worse. It
0: does. And you (laughs) think, oh, I can... Give me a minute and it'll all become clear. yeah And man, no matter how much we want that to be true, it just doesn't seem to be happening. right. And so we need reading glasses for our soul. We need to yes. be able to see things from the right perspective mm-hmm. so that we can make the adjustments in life in order to see clearly and live that vibrant and sustainable. I'm going to really emphasize the sustainable word yeah, because there are quick fixes to mm, some things.
1: Like a Band-Aid but,
0: approach. Right. But yeah. they don't... They don't last, obviously. A band-aid does not heal.
1: No, it's temporary.
0: It helps. It tries to keep out some of the things that would make it worse. Yeah. But it does not actually heal the wound. Something from the inside has to be responsible for that. And so I want us to just take a look at some of the things that you just talked about. I think Paul really references in Philippians chapter 4. So I want to walk through what he said Mm -hmm. so that we can really begin to develop these reading glasses for ourselves all. Oh. A lot of times we are guilty in talking about Philippians chapter 4. We skip the beginning of it.
1: Yeah. And
0: we jump down to rejoice in the Lord always. always. And, and hey, again, I say
1: rejoice. Yeah, we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. But
0: I don't want to skip the first thing that Paul says, which he's addressing a problem. And you mentioned yeah. that the first thing that you said there on your list, that yeah. you have this
1: unresolved emotional stress.
0: The first thing that Paul deals with in this chapter is he says in verse 2. I appeal to, and we're going to use uh, fake names. I'm not at all saying that I can't pronounce these names correctly, but if we call them Helen uh-huh. and Sarah, oh, then we know that we are protecting their identity in a world where we need
1: confidentiality. confidentiality.
0: Yes. Right. Um, again, it's, it's totally not uh-huh. because
1: uh-huh.
0: I don't know how to pronounce them. I appeal to Helen and Sarah, please, because you belong to the Lord, seven your disagreement. And then Paul goes on to say, "Hey, I'm asking everybody else help these two women cuz they've worked hard telling others the good news." So these are people who are really doing great things. Yeah, right. And they have this conflict, relational conflict. Man, is one of the biggest unresolved sources of emotional stress that we have in our lives.
1: Yes. And it can be so difficult. It can be. Because maybe you're sitting here saying, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Help. I don't know how to solve this. I don't know how to resolve it. What can I do?
0: I think Paul does a great job of giving them the why. Okay. Because they are in this conflict and instead of focusing on their problem with one another, they need to remember what they're in together.
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Their
0: purpose yeah. together is to share the good news, to help other people mm-hmm. find life. Wow. And if we can get past ourselves, Mm -hmm. that enables us to get past the conflict because we can see what we are doing together is more important than any disagreement that we might have with one another. Most conflict comes from trying to put self, my needs, my desires in front of someone else.
1: That's right.
0: We don't like the way somebody else says something or does something. We want to work to resolve that, because our purpose together is more important than whatever I might be right about.
1: Oh, yeah, man, that's really good. And I agree. That is a big part of working through conflicts mm-hmm. and recognizing, man. I've got to be able to get beyond myself and I've got to look at God, what are you doing and how can I learn? How can I grow? What are the things that you're working in my life through this? Jesus is the perfect example of how we should and can navigate relationships because Mm -hmm. love was always at the heart of everything he did.
0: Yes. It's got to be the first thing.
1: Yeah. So good. We
0: choose to love. Right. First. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Another part of that would be just dealing with grief and loss. Yes, And there's just so much to that. And we probably need to (laughs) do some extended podcasts on those topics. But for today, we'll just kind of keep it with grief. It could be any type of grief, whether you lose someone to death, or whether it's just transitions, like different seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. I know for me, just as a mom, (laughs) this has been a process with our children watching them grow. And now two of them are starting to get off on their own. And they're just the different stages of life.
0: Are you saying they don't need you like they used to? Okay,
1: wow. Did you really? (laughs) Yes, but that's what we want, right? I mean, but there's still kind of a feeling of loss there. And it is a challenge because if I get all inwardly focused and kind of just look at, oh, I don't have what I used to in those Mm -hmm. relationships, or yeah, like the boys don't need their mom as much as they used to, it can feel like loss. And, Mm -hmm. And so whether it's that or loss of a job or other relationships in your life or other situations.
0: Let's just be honest. The yeah. world has changed in the last couple of years. Oh my goodness. And so a lot of the way we used to do things, the way that was comfortable. Right. Our jobs Changed. Changed. Wow. And I remember when I first was an IT guy working for a school district.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the things that we were implementing at the time, we were installing projectors and teachers were gonna start using technology and smart boards and things like that. And I remember some teachers who had a lot of experience thinking, My world is coming to an end. Oh,
1: it was devastating to them. (laughs) Like I don't know if I can do this, you know. It was the way
0: I've been doing things has changed. From an outside perspective, you look at it and you say, oh, gosh, things are going to get so much better. Yeah. The reality of it is things were just going to get different. And
1: weird. Like,
0: what is this new thing?
1: I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. Almost a panic.
0: So change yeah. in life yeah. can create this sense of loss. It can. This mm-hmm. is a source of an emotional stress. and Yeah. We, what I really sense Paul saying when he's talking to them about working out their relational differences. Yeah. I would take that and just apply it to, we have to work out, out yeah. whatever is the cause and source of this emotional stress and build habits into our life to overcome that, Right. to see things different.
1: Yeah. To process it. That is a huge part of the work that I do with my clients is mm-hmm. we're not pushing it away. We're not avoiding. We're not numbing. We're not in no. this whole place of, I don't want to deal with it. Instead, we face it.
0: Exactly. And
1: that is the first step. I mean, that is huge.
0: And facing it is giving us a different perspective on it many it is, times. Yeah. I remember several years back when I went through losing a job. Oh, man. And that was rough. I was devastated. Yeah. In fact, all I could see was how bad it was. I began to take on a lot of things upon myself of this happened because I am the way that I am. mm there's something wrong with me. And I sat in that, having moments of anxiety.
1: I would say, yeah, you might have even had a bit of a panic attack. I know For sure. like when the phone would ring. I remember that was a trigger.
0: For weeks yeah. after this, right. that was what was going on. And we had a neighbor who kind of helped me see a different perspective, and it changed everything. Wow. His words to me were, Bruce, you know that I've been through several changes in my job. Yeah. And every time, whatever comes next is always better than what I had before. Wow. And in the moment, I'm not sure that I could hear that and understand what he meant. Because in that moment, I was just thinking about what I had lost.
1: Yeah, your focus was on that. Like, that's where you were looking, your glasses, you know what exactly. I'm saying? And
0: he gave me reading glasses he did. to say, you need to look where you're headed. Wow. And sure enough, it proved to be true that another job came along. It was the first opportunity you and I had to work at the same place. Oh, it was so good. To do ministry Together, together. And yeah. how amazing that was. That wouldn't have happened because I wasn't looking to lose my job.
1: No. Well, no one really is.
0: I wasn't even looking for change.
1: Yeah.
0: We had talked about doing ministry together, but that was an idea, oh, a dream, way
1: down the road, a possibility.
0: Yeah. And lo and behold, the way that that came to be yes. was through losing a job.
1: Well, and what was cool about it as I look back that's when we do have the 2020 vision a lot of times, yes. right? Is that the timing of that, even though it didn't feel good as far as the way you lost the job, the way that the new job appeared, if you hadn't had that loss, you wouldn't have gotten that new job because that new job only opened up right then.
0: It opened right then yes. and would have been filled quickly.
1: Yes. And so I look at that and I say, thank you, God. Looking back, I can see it clearly. But in the middle of it, I couldn't. It was really hard.
0: So very true. So we need these reading glasses for our soul.
1: We really do. Really do.
0: The next thing that Paul has in Philippians chapter 4, after he talks about them dealing with that, then comes everybody's favorite verse, right? Oh, I love always this Always be full of joy in the Lord. Your Bible probably says, rejoice, rejoice in the, the Lord, Lord always. always. <laughs> and and again, again I say rejoice. rejoice. Yes, that was the song we sang <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: when we were younger. Uh-huh. And I think it's amazing, but this is like a command. So it's something to do. Right. So how... Do we find joy in the middle of whatever circumstance? How can this be reading glasses for our soul? Well, we can't wait around as if joy is going to somehow unexpectedly sneak up on us and then just be a part of our lives. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. It doesn't really come to us. It's not a passive sit back and wait on it kind of thing. Yeah. What Paul is saying, and if you'll keep reading into verse five, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Where is the source of our joy? Our joy comes when we become considerate, when we start thinking of others, when we get out and we serve and we get involved in something outside of ourselves, something bigger than ourselves, something that's not just focused on me. I'm never going to find joy, even if I were to receive everything I ever wanted. Mm, wow. Joy would still be absent because joy comes when we become considerate
1: mm, of others. Kindness. I like that. That's so good and so powerful. And I love the whole shift of focus. It's almost... Reading
0: glasses.
1: (laughs) It's a change. I mean, it is, we call it in therapy words, we call it reframing. Yes. And I think we've talked about that before, but I don't know what it is about the human condition that almost feels like we're spring loaded to focus on the negative Mm -hmm. and like to find faults and to be critical and to judge and we're our own worst judge.
0: And I would come back to the fact that joy's not just going to come to you right when you're by yourself that's when you become all these things that you're talking about
1: and it's so true and sometimes i i will even tell my clients you have a mean judge you need to tell him to shut up i like stay i don't use that word very often but i get pretty intense because i would say to them do you say those words to others and they would say no never well then why are you saying that to yourself Yeah, That bent on the negative. And where Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. There's something different about he's not saying complain. He's not saying criticize. He's not saying all these things. He's saying rejoice, but in the Lord. So he's shifting our focus from the negative to the positive.
0: Right. And as we shift that, we have to get outside ourselves. Absolutely. It's the whole point of this, the yeah. point of Paul giving us these reading glasses for our soul is so that we can see things clearly and do something differently.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: If all I do is put on my reading glasses, like I said earlier, if you if you want to see distance and you have your reading glasses on and you look up, it just can't blows it. everything away. You can't <laughs> see anything. So Paul is saying, put these on. Look down, get your focus. Now what do you see? Now take them off and go do it. And so Mm. it's like we've gotten this new perspective that joy comes from considering others.
1: And I think that's huge. Because you're not just sitting alone and ruminating over all the things that are bad. Mm-hmm. Instead, you are connecting with others. You are helping others. You are making an impact that's good.
0: Yeah. And who hasn't experienced this, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Whether yeah. whether it was your own desire that got you out serving or if you had to do community service because <laughs> of a project at school or at church or yeah. at work. Right. Whatever it was that got you there, at the end of it, wasn't there something different in the way you thought, in the way you felt, that you would honestly have to look back and say, wow, I had joy.
1: There there was something really good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love that we're focusing on this passage in Philippians, that Paul is asking us, say, this is what you need to do. This is the prescription, right? Yes. To see clearly. 100%.
0: So the next reading glasses that we have is one that is probably the hardest thing for all of us. And that is to turn our worry into prayer. He says it this way. Don't worry about anything. Wow. (laughs) Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then... You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything.
1: Man. That changes everything.
0: It Well, it does. And let's just throw this out there. Anxiety yeah. comes from worry. Anxiety comes from uncertainty. And I'm not downplaying the fact that we live in a world where insecurity runs rampant because people have been wronged. I have been wronged. People have cheated. People have lied. Things happen in this world that make me feel insecure. Mm. But the answer is not holding on to my insecurity. No. And anxiety and worry. Right. But rather, if I really want something to be better, I have to take it to someone who can do something about it.
1: Absolutely. And that's why it's so important that we do kind of switch gears, if you will, move from this kind of natural bent to worry Mm -hmm. and to instead pray and to release. I give everyone and everything to you, God. That has just become our prayer from the pause app is that as I pray, I'm not trying to control everything. Instead, I'm turning to the one that is in control I am really enjoying this conversation.
0: Me too. It's been so good seeing these reading glasses for the soul that God has provided for us through Paul.
1: Yeah. And I don't know, rather than make this really, really long, maybe we stop at this point and break our podcast into two. And so what do you think?
0: I think that's a great idea because there's so much in this that is work for us to do. Things we have to think about, Mm -hmm. understanding God's word and applying it to our lives. If we don't apply it to our lives, we just sit here and we listen. It's like, great. (laughs) Here's a cool thing that would help us, but...
1: I'm not going to ever do anything about it.
0: No, that's (laughs) not good. No. So we want to take a break right now and give us time to process this, to think through the things that we're learning and to start putting them into practice. And then we'll come back next week and finish out Philippians chapter four in this wonderful thing that we have been given, reading glasses for the soul.